They say that in the case of mysterious deaths, the first 48 hours are critical. If investigators don't make a breakthrough in that time, the chances of resolving the case are greatly diminished. But what if you don't make a breakthrough in the first 48 hours or the first 48 days? What if you don't make a breakthrough in 48 years? Welcome to the mysterious case of Fred the Head and one of the UK's most baffling unsolved crimes. Episode 14 The Archive in the Attic You'll remember from episode 13 that we seem to have identified a man called Matthew James Jackson. A man who, I understand, disappeared from 126 Newton Road, very close to the site where Fred was found, at or around the time of the discovery of the body. Now, we tracked down a very remarkable woman, Velia Jackson, his wife, who described her brief and sadly rather brutal marriage to Matthew Jackson at the start of the 1960s. She also recognised her husband from the description given in the Burton Mail at the time of his disappearance. A man who disappeared from her life in 1962, never to be seen again. He was the disappearing man. So, to me, he feels like someone who is a person of interest. But... Something was nagging away at me. That report on the disappearance of Matthew Jackson, well, I've only ever seen that online. In fact, I've only ever seen that on Facebook. I've never seen the actual newspaper with it in. No one can tell me exactly when it's from. Now, if it's from the time of the discovery of the body, well, that is very suspicious. But what if it's from... 1978 or 1982 well if that's the case it's meaningless and in fact this whole strand of investigation becomes meaningless so before we all get too excited about matthew james jackson i have to find that original newspaper with that actual story in it so i can date it literally to the day because if I could date it exactly, and if, and this is a big if, Matthew James Jackson was involved, if he left as the body was found, well, that's suspicious. But if he left before the discovery, what does that tell us? Again, if he was involved and he left before the body was found. Does that give us a precise date that Fred was killed? But in order to do that, I was going to have to find three years of consecutive newspapers from the Burton Mail from 50 years ago. How was I going to do that? Normally, there are three options. Firstly, Burton Library. I know they have all the Burton mails on microfiche. Problem was, 
the local history archive is not open for the foreseeable future due to COVID restrictions, so that was not an option. Second option would be through the National Newspaper Archive. Well, I've searched that, and it doesn't include the Burton Mail or the Burton Daily Mail, as it used to be known, at all. Thirdly, there's the British Library in London. That has every newspaper ever printed in the UK, just about. Problem is, visitor passes are severely restricted at the moment, again due to COVID, and they are fully booked for the next three or four months. So that wasn't an option either. So I was snookered because without that article, and most importantly, without a specific date that that article appeared, we are on really shaky ground in relation to Matthew James Jackson. But at that moment, the gods of investigation smiled on me again. A few months ago, I had a conversation with a lady called Helen Kreft. Now, Helen Kreft is the local reporter for the Burton Mail. She's been on this story for years, much longer than me. And I'd been asking her about the case, but also about what they had in their archive. Now, the Burton Mail doesn't really keep a historical archive of their editions going back years and years, but she did mention a place that might have some. That place was called the Magic Attic in Swaddlingcote. Now, that sounded to me like some kind of dodgy nightclub I used to go to in Manchester in the 1980s, but she said the Magic Attic may have some. And they did have some. And in fact, that was an understatement. They had every single Burton Mail, or Burton Daily Mail, as it used to be called, for the last hundred years neatly bound in leather tomes and the day I rang them which was earlier this week was the day they were opening up again they could only allow six people in at a time I made sure all this week I was one of them six so in these huge leather folios there's every edition from 1900 because newspapers were big in those days and there was normally two or maybe even three editions a day, six days a week. So, for the three years 1969 to 1972, there's about 1,500 papers. And with every edition having about eight pages, that was about 12,000 pages I needed to look through. So I set to work. I started with the 12 months after the body was discovered, because that's what I've always been told. That's what I've always assumed. He left suspiciously after the body was found. And I'm glad I checked that. Because he didn't. Matthew James Jackson did not disappear after the body was found. That piece does not appear in the 12 months after the body was found. One of the things we've been able to do with this podcast is eliminate urban myths and replace them with facts. That urban myth, that Matthew James Jackson left after the body was found, please dismiss that from your thoughts. I know I've included it in the podcast before, but I'm now correcting that. Matthew James Jackson did not disappear after the body was found. So when 
did he disappear? So let's think about this logically. He couldn't have been living at 126 Newton Road before September 1969 because the Kun family was living there before they emigrated to Australia. So I began the search of the archive for 1969 at September. Page after page after page. Nothing all the way through to the end of the year. So I put that big tone back and got out 1970. Nothing for January. But then, on Tuesday, February the 10th, 1970, there it was, right at the bottom of the page. So definitively, the report on the disappearance of Matthew James Jackson appeared on Tuesday, February the 10th, 1970 and that report says he was last seen the day before so Matthew James Jackson disappeared at 9.15 on Monday February the 9th 1970 just over a year before the body was found and that is extremely significant. Matthew James Jackson had a habit of disappearing after he'd done bad things. And that habit went back to childhood. There's a report published in the Torquay Times. Now Torquay is a town right on the coast in the southwest of England, miles away from Skegness. And that report, dated 1953, talks about Matthew James Jackson when he was 17. When he was approached by a police constable, Matthew James Jackson said he'd run away from home in Skegness because he'd stolen £54 belonging to his father. He'd simply stolen the money and vanished. Now £54 doesn't sound a lot today. It was a lot of money in 1953. We also know he simply vanished from Skegness in 1962 after subjecting Velia Jackson to a series of brutal rapes. We don't know what else he did there either, but what we do know is he did bad things and he vanished. And on Monday the 9th of February 1970, he vanished again. What we don't know is what he did that made him choose to vanish. But the chances are it was a pretty serious crime. And in relation to Fred, the fact that Matthew Jackson chose to disappear on a Monday is probably significant. It was the day after the weekend. The mill didn't work at weekends. It was all very quiet in the vicinity of 126 Newton Road and the mill. Was it the perfect time to dispose of a body and flee? Was Fred killed on the weekend of the 7th and 8th of February? 1970. One thought I did have was, well if you've killed someone, why bother to bury and hide the body? Why not just flee? But of course, with no body, there's no crime. And with no crime, he's got plenty of time. He could put as much distance between himself and what had happened as he possibly could. He had until when that body would be found, if it was ever going to be found. And in fact, it took over a year to find that body, and then only by accident. And by then, who knows where Matthew James Jackson was. 
he could be anywhere. The other indicator, of course, that this might be a plausible explanation for what might have happened is from the coroner's report back in 1974 at the inquest. Derek Auden, the Burton District Coroner, recorded an open verdict at the time, but was specific about a date of death. He said, a date of death not more than 18 months before the remains were found. Matthew James Jackson disappeared 14 months before the remains were found. Exactly at the time, Fred probably was killed. Now, Matthew James Jackson may not be involved. He may have left Burton for entirely unrelated reasons. This could be a coincidence. And as we know through this podcast, coincidences do happen. But I think we have to treat him very seriously as a potential perpetrator. This line of inquiry makes me wonder more and more about who else was living at 126 Newton Road in the early 1970s. Remember, that house was owned by the mill. It wasn't available for just anyone to rent and live in. I received a message from Nick Whitaker. Nick's a good friend of the podcast and you often see him on the Facebook page. Now, Nick's done a lot of research into this case and he had been looking at the electoral register for that property, 126 Newton Road. He had checked the register between October 1967 and each October until 1972. That's the way they do it. In October 1967, Frank and Valtraud Kuhn, as we'd expect, were there. In October 1968, again, Frank and Valtraud, they hadn't yet gone to Australia. October 1969, there's no one in the property who's an elector. And that could make sense because Frank and Valtraud are now in Australia. October 1970, again, no one registered as an elector. In October 1971, John Statham and his wife appear as the people occupying that property and on the electoral roll. So, according to the electoral roll, no one was living there between Frank and John Statham. Problem is, we know there was. Thanks for downloading the podcast and a big welcome to all of our new listeners wherever you are in the world. Thank you for listening and welcome to the family. Make sure you listen to all the episodes, by the way, though, because if you're new to the podcast, there are links in a chain. It's very much one leads to another. A quick shout out, by the way, to a couple of people who I know have been passing it around their work colleagues and their friends, and I'm extremely grateful for that. So thanks, Mike Hatch particularly thanks for everything you've done dave thompson in cleveland in the united states i really appreciate your help and all what you've done in promoting the podcast the fact is i'm not very good at that you see because i prefer to spend all my time solving it and uh, recording this podcast so anything that you can do just to let other people know about the podcast and the work that we're doing i'd be very grateful anyway Back to the story. It took me about three days for another thought to hit me. Now I knew that Matthew James Jackson had disappeared at the same time as Fred's death. An awful possibility dawned on me. Was Fred actually Matthew Jackson? 
was the reason he'd gone missing because he was dead on the island. Now, there was clearly a mismatch on height and build, but they shared the same hair colour. And to be honest, I don't know what being in the ground for 14 months would do to a body. Would that affect it in such a way that mistakes could be made pathologically? But we do know he had a neck condition and unusual dentistry. So maybe I needed to speak with Velia again. I left it a week because I didn't want to overwhelm her. But as ever, she was just wonderful. Hello Velia, it's uh, Ken Davis here. We spoke uh, at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, about Matthew, how are you doing? I, there's a couple of other questions I had that I thought of this week. I just wanted to talk to you about, if you don't mind. Yeah, which one? Um, there's a couple of things. Um, did he have any family? What was his family background? Do you know? Uh, well, the, his father was postman. Yeah. And his mother, she was a nice, nice woman. I was with them. Okay. And my baby was born. Okay. Okay, so you all lived together there? Oh, yeah, we were together, but, uh, you know, she she was the boss, you know, the, his mother. Okay. She used to take all my wages, left me with no penny. On the internet, there's a record of Matthew James Jackson yeah. vanishing before you met him. Before I met. Yeah, what I mean is, when he was a child, he stole money from his dad. Oh God, yeah, he stole me watch, money. He, ne he never stopped. And, and he always blamed someone else. He says, I call the police, do this and do that. I said, stop it. Because yeah. I knew it was him. Well, he, he vanished to Torquay. They found him in Torquay, which is on the south coast. And he'd stolen a lot of money from his dad, like fifty pounds, which was a lot of money in those days. Yeah, well, he, he, I think he stole some from the, you know, where he used to work in, in a railway station. I think he took lots of money there. He went in prison, open prison. Yeah, he always covered up the things he's done it, and and he used to annoy me very much he, because he's lie all the time. Okay. What they said, well, you shut up, you all, you know. Yeah. It's a threat. It's a threat. Yeah. Not physical, you know, but... Did he have any problem with his neck at all? Did he have any problems where, you know, one side of his head wasn't quite straight or no, anything like that? I don't think so. Okay, that's, that's, that's useful because the person who was killed did. And I just want to make certain that it isn't him, but it isn't him. So I'm grateful for that. Do you remember you were mentioning to me that, that somebody told you that he had died? Yeah, someone, but she won't tell me when or where. But because he went, he left, he left, he vanished, 62. That's when he vanished from your life. Yeah, that's right, because the baby was only one year old. That's one right, year. that's right. Someone told me he, he died with a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. So I went home and put a flag out. <laughs> I remember you saying. Yeah, Velia 1, Matthew nil. I remember that. I mean, because the neighbour said, what the bloody hell is that, Velia? Velia 1, Matthew nil. Oh dear. Now, the person who told you he had died, yeah. 
Did you know that? You know, I don't remember. I don't. I don't honestly speaking, I don't remember who told me. I do not remember. But no. I know the family. They live in Eskeg. Okay. I wonder if I can find out from them. How how did they know that he had died? Were they friends of the family or something? No, she just she just said, um, you know, really, you know, your your ex husband died. I said, no, I don't know. He died with hemorrhage or brain hemorrhage or something. Okay, okay, but and that person who told you was she a friend of yours? Uh, it couldn't be. You know, I don't remember thing though. You know, my brain, they just I, vanish anyway. Uh, I'm 90, I told you I'm 91. You're, you're remarkable for 91. <laughs> I, I, you are remarkable. I can't remember yeah, half of what you remember. When you met him, he was in the army, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the army, yeah. But he was on leave, like. And then we went to live in Woolwich, Woolwich Arsenal. So you went down to live in London? How long were you there for? Can you remember? Oh, God. Two years. Okay. Yeah, and then, as I said, you know, one of them, his mother, she commented to say, you know, will you please come and live with us? And mm -hmm. that's what I did. I come back to Skag and live with, with the family. Okay. And she found me this job in a laundry. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And she used okay. to take all, all my wages and everything. And did you have the children then? Oh, my boy was only two. Okay, yeah. And then, and then he, he, he come back. Uh-huh. He raped me. And that's how Giuliano was born. Oh, well... You know, the second child, yes. Yeah. But he raped me three, four times. Oh, dear. I never, oh, I'll never forget that. Oh, I'm, I'm so never, sorry to, to... You know, it's the past. I think it's serious to do. Yeah, it's a long, long time ago now, but it is yeah, awful. I know, but, you know, I want to forget it. I, I'm so sorry that I mentioned it. Oh, it's so right. Did, did, when he was in the army, do you know what regiment he was in? Oh, I don't remember, though. Okay. Oh, I don't remember the regiment, yeah. I okay. know it was a worldly chance, Okay, okay, you know, okay. It used to be in the, in the light, or what do you call it? Light infantry? That's right, yeah. You got it. Okay, that helps. That really helps. You got it. Yeah, the light infantry. That's right. That makes that makes sense. He then comes back. You're living at home with his mum and dad. He yeah, Woolwich, yeah. Woolwich, but then you move back to Skegness. He's waiting me to come back with a baby as well, is he? Okay. So we went to live in his house in um, Romanbank. Yeah. Next to Laundry. Okay, where you were working? Yep. Yeah. She found me a job straight away. Well, it sounds like you she were. Wants, she wants to look after my baby. Okay, and uh, but you were giving her all, all the money you earned to, to her. No, she used to talk all, all of my wages, though. Oh, dear. She's never left me a penny in, in my pocket. Oh, dear. Oh, it's been the hell of a... You've had a hard life, Elliot. I've had a hard, but I don't know how I reached 90 bloody one. I've got God, didn't I? Was he a violent man with other people? Did he get into fights and things like that? No, 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 no. No, he was. He was a clever bugger. He was nasty, but, uh, you know, he never... He never fought with anybody, though. Did you say he got discharged from the army? Yep. Do you and know the reason? I don't know because they don't want to let him. You know, they don't want. 
it's a way, a way, it's a secret or something, I don't know. But they used to cut a sack. So, and that's very unusual. Well, he, he must have done something wrong, didn't he? Yeah. To get the sack. Yeah. You, you, you just, uh, yeah, and then as I say, he found that job in a bloody station. And, uh, and he took, I think he took, I'm, I'm sure he took some money. And um, he left at the station and uh, they got him and they put him in a prison, open prison, yeah. And we went to see him and all, me and the boys, the baby. So after leaving the army, in disgrace, because he'd done something wrong, he got a job yeah. at a station. Which station was that? Woolwich. It was Woolwich oh. station. Yeah. Oh, in London. You okay. know, the train station. Yeah, it was at the train station, that's a village in London. And that's where he committed a crime and was yeah, caught. That's right, yeah. So when he when he was released from prison, in he, he must have been released eventually from Oh yeah, the he open got prison. released. Yeah. And we, we and we went in this in this flat. We we, we found a flat okay. in London in London, yeah. But after that the mothers come in. Mm -hmm. uh, the mothers coming down to see the baby mm -hmm. because it's, uh, it's, it's was the only first grandson, is it? Yeah. So they come in to the father, mother and father, they come in down. And uh, she says, no, you're not staying here, you come in with us. Okay. So she took me, the baby, and the son, and the Skagness. And what did Matthew do then? Because he served some time in prison. Did he come back with you? He come back with me and the skeg. Okay. And then um, he started to rape again. Oh dear. Yep, yeah, he started to. Oh dear. Uh, it, it was it was a hell of a. I know. It, it, I'm. I know. It must have been awful. And, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know when he vanish. No, uh, I just just want to understand how he vanished. Well, so, you know, just the police, they say, you get out from Skag. They're banned from Skag. Oh. The police, they're banned from Skag. So, he went, he went away. I don't know what the hell he, where he went. I don't know. So, the police in Skagness? Oh, yeah, the police, yeah. Because they were after him, isn't it? Do you know why they were after him? Had he done something in Skagness? Because he was coming, you know, after me and us. So you. I complained, you know, and the other. Yeah. So they, they put him in a train and he said, vanish, you know, they, they said, don't put a foot in this town anymore. So you'd complained about him to the police, quite rightly, and they said to him, look, look, leave her alone and get out of town. That's right. That's right, yeah. Okay. And he did, and this is the last time he was, you know. Matthew Jackson. I said, wow. thank God for that. It's yeah, a blessing. You never heard of, of him ever again? No, never. No, not the words, nothing. No. Well, I don't want to know Sweetheart because he gave me hell. I know. I kinda, you know, I, 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 don't want, I don't want to know though. I just, I just wondered whether anyone had ever mentioned in gossip, oh, by the no, way. No, no, not in the sky, you know. Okay. No. Okay. I never heard anybody mention his name or nothing. Do you know when you got married? Remember the, yeah. Do you remember the day you got married? Oh God, married. I, I got... Do, who was his best man? Did he have a best man? I don't remember. 
You've probably wiped it from your I memory. I do not remember. I do not remember if I had the best man, the best woman. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's just a thought I have. Thought I, I wish I'd never done it. Well, we don't know when we do these things how they're going to turn out, do we? Yeah, and but you, for me, they turn out like a bloody hell. It sounds like it. Uh, I don't suppose, and there's no reason why you would, you don't have a picture of him, do you? The picture? Of Matthew. I've got to, well, I've got to look around and then it's like, I've got it and I'll, um, I'll, I'll ring you and I'll send you. That would be really, really useful. But yeah. everything, everything you've said is, has yeah. been extremely useful. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, you're incredibly kind and generous with, oh, with you your so memories. Much. You really are, and I and. Oh, you made my day, my night. Anyway. Well, no, I, I I know how traumatic it would have been, and I know how traumatic it is. Oh, yeah. I just I want a bit of peace and quiet. Yeah, if I and can, yeah. you've you've earned you've earned that, and yeah, I, that's what I want about. And and I know that I'm not adding to that. I'm just making it less peaceful and less quiet, and and I am sorry about that. You're all right, Ken. Yeah, it, it's just, you know sometimes it's nice to talk about it because it, it's still inside of something yeah something you know that bloody lump inside has got to come out well uh, that's that's very good of you to take that view on it but it yeah, is if i find something new i'll let you know yeah anyway i'll keep in touch you stay safe okay darling lots of love and to you bye Ken. bye bye so that was the wonderful velia I thought it might be worth just recapping what she said and try to get this into some kind of timeline. Matthew James Jackson was in the army. He was on leave from the army when they met. There must have been some kind of romance and they married Skegness. Now, it's worth remembering though, Velia would have been in a very vulnerable position. She had no family in the country. They were in Australia. She was in a different country Probably her English wasn't as good then as it is now. But they lived in Woolwich Arsenal in London. They lived in the army accommodation there. But from very early on, I get the sense that he was taking advantage of her in two senses, probably sexually, but also in terms of selling her things. He was a thief. And she says he was a clever, devious, deceitful thief. But to her knowledge, not violent with other people, although it's quite obvious he was clearly very brutal when it came to Velia. Matthew James Jackson was dismissed from the army for what must have been serious misconduct. That doesn't happen by accident. But those reasons were never revealed to Velia. I wonder why. It was a secret, she said. Now, what offence could have you dismissed from the army in 1960 that was so secret that your wife couldn't be told why. She thinks he was with a light infantry regiment that might help us in further investigation. Still in Woolwich, Matthew James Jackson managed to get himself a job at Woolwich railway station. He was involved with a crime of some sort. Now she thinks it was theft of money from the railway station and he was caught and he was sent to an open prison. That seems a little bit odd to me. 
Would someone involved in the theft of money from the railway system only be sent to an open prison in 1960? I'm not sure. After his release, which by the way must have been a pretty short sentence, they moved into a flat. And probably given the situation, they couldn't afford anything that wasn't pretty basic. His parents, on a visit to see their new grandson, immediately having seen the flat, said, you're moving back to Skagness and living with us, which is what they did. Velia gets a job in a laundry close by, but her mother-in-law keeps all her wages. And Matthew James Jackson continues to rape her. I suspect Velia reached a breaking point and complained to the police about Matthew James Jackson's brutality. Clearly, this must have been very serious sexual abuse indeed. Matthew James Jackson vanished from her life in 1962, but not because he wanted to, only because the police instructed him to leave Skegness and never set foot in the town again. And he complied, she never saw him again. Where did he go? Now, life in 1962 was very different to today. Police could deal with things differently than they can today. And also, this was a time when domestic abuse, rape of a wife, not even considered a crime. So what did Matthew James Jackson do that made the police tell him never to come back to Skagness? Strikes me that he must have committed more crimes than what he was doing to Velia for the police to take the action they did. So Matthew James Jackson leaves, never to be seen again, until potentially he reappears at the scene of another crime in 1970. Now, a couple of words of caution. We do not know definitively that our Matthew James Jackson in Skegness and our Matthew James Jackson in Windshill are the same man. But given Velia's recognition of the description, I'd rate the chances above 50%. He was living in 126 Newton Road. I don't know how, and I need to find out. And 126 Newton Road is close to the deposit site. Anyone living there would have known of that deposit site, and that's important. But it's still far from easy to get from 126 Newton Road to the kilns where Fred was found. There's a river in the way and no easy access. Certainly no easy access if you're carrying a body. However, what we do now know after this episode is that there is a match between the date that Matthew James Jackson disappeared from Winds Hill and the likely date of Fred's death. That is a very remarkable discovery, and it might be a coincidence, but it might not. Until next time, have a good one. The Mysterious Case of Fred the Head is a GSC Media production. Written, produced and narrated by myself, Ken Davis.